the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Eight nine eighty-eight. The following program is sponsored by Reaching Hearts Ministries. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled Wings of Refuge. We'll bring this to you in two parts due to our time constraints. Remember, you can always go online and listen to any of these messages at reachingyourheart.com. Our phone number here is 877-788-5371, 877-788-5371. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko with the first portion of Wings of Refuge, today's Reaching Your Heart. In the book of Revelation, there are four angels with wings of refuge. We've been talking about the first angel's message. There's a second, a third, and a fourth. And some people say, well, why on earth are there four angels at the end of time? Because, dear heart, God is not content for you to enter end-time events without being under the special care and protection of his angels, the four angels that reside within the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary, the wings of refuge that are meant to protect the final generation for the time of the end. He is not content for you to be left unalone without the shelter of the Most High. They are God's wings of refuge for the time of the end. In Revelation 7, 1 to 3, we have a picture of this. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascend from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God upon their foreheads. The earth represents in Bible prophecy that place where people are faithful to God. It represents the place where the lamb-like beast arose, a Christian power committed to Christian principles. The sea represents that part of the world which is under the control of Satan. The dragon lives in the sea. It represents the sea of nations that has no place for God. And in the Bible, a tree is a righteous man that keeps God's law that is planted by the rivers of water. More specifically, Specifically, a Sabbath keeper is a tree in Psalms 92 and in Isaiah 56. And so God is saying, don't harm anyone. Don't harm religious people. Don't harm secular people. And don't harm Sabbath keepers till we have sealed the servants of our God upon their foreheads. So it's abundantly clear that God loves everyone at the time of the end. He loves us so profoundly that he is not content that we be lost, that we slip into end-time events without having the divine protection that comes from the wings of refuge. The four angels of Revelation 7 are pictured in Revelation 9, 15, being released for the time of the end when the book of Daniel is unsealed. The Bible says, release the four angels held ready for the hour, the day, the month, and the year. And in the context, the book of Daniel is opened for the world to be prepared for the coming of Christ. In Revelation 4, there are four living creatures that stand before God's throne. And these four living creatures each have six wings with eyes 
all around and within. You look at the context in the book of Revelation, the four angels are none other than these special messengers who reside in God's presence, who are the special forces for good at the time of the end. God has sent his most powerful ambassadors to prepare the world for his return. So it's no accident that the final generation must encounter four angels in the form of the three angels' messages of Revelation 14, 6 to 12, and the fourth angel's message of Revelation 18, verse 1. And let me just be very direct here today. If I did not believe in those three angels of Revelation 14 and the one that's going to follow in Revelation 18, the great prophetic message that will prepare this church and the world for the second coming of Christ, I would not be a Seventh-day Adventist. Did you hear me? Because I believe, and I not only believe it, I know it to be true, that based on the authority of the Bible, based upon the evidence that we find in the Bible, based upon the clear prophetic chronologies that lead to the great disappointment of 1844, the rise of a prophetic movement that came out of the medieval captivity, that we are part of a global family, and that global family has been raised up by God to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus Christ at the time of the end. And I believe that every person here is of infinite significance to God and that we are part of a bigger plan, not part of a smaller plan. And dear heart, we follow directives in that plan. When the great God of the universe speaks, we follow him. We don't map out our own life, we follow. And the greatest commitments that can exist are the ones that must exist within the body of Christ our commitment to the Lord Jesus in that way. And God has supplied the four angels with wings of refuge for that final generation. We are that generation. Friend, God is not content to see you unprepared for the time of the end. God wants you and your family to be saved. And so he sends four angels from the most holy place of his throne room to save you and your family at the time of the end. You cannot ignore these prophetic messages and make it through to the end. If you have spiritual sense to pray, and there are some that do not, but if you have a spiritual sense to pray for deliverance in his name, God will lead you and he'll protect you with wings of refuge. Psalms 91 is that special psalm in the Bible which describes the wings of refuge God offers us all at the time of the end. Psalms 91 verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge in my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Verse 1 provides the defining concept for the psalm and the secret to life at the end. This verse describes a habit and a pattern for the sanctified life that survives the pressures of life. The passage begins with the statement, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Friend, God's house is not just a pretty building with a steeple on it. God's house is not the preacher or the teacher inside the house. God's house is not just a piece of brilliant architecture located on a city block to make the church feel important in the community. God's house is not just the structure of a denomination. God's house on earth is an extension of his holy sanctuary in heaven. And it is by definition, by his definition, a shelter. If you dwell in his shelter, he dwells with you. That's what's being said here. For the outcast, his house is a homeless shelter. 
For the battle-weary fugitive of life, his house is a bomb shelter. For the spiritually sick, his house is a triage center. For the abused and battered, his house is a shelter from blame and shame. For the person who lives in the cold and on the corner, his house is a warm place and a shelter and a home with an address to it. It's his address in his house. For the lonely and the lost, his house is a shelter where the lost are finally found and they gather around as a family at the center of the throne, the center of the hearth that is God's hearth and God's throne. But more importantly, his house is a shelter for people in life who can't make a shelter for themselves. Psalms 91 begins with the truth that you must live every day of your life in the shelter of the Most High. The sanctuary message is not an idea. It's not some cold theology, some philosophy that we hurl at life to somehow cope. It is not an idea. Friend, it's a place. It's a person, a real place, a real person to hide within at the time of the end. It's his home. It's his shelter. You can't protect yourself from the missiles that come from outer space or that come from inner space unless you're safe inside God's shelter at the time of the end. Friend, we're not going to make it unless Jesus makes it for us. And we will make it if that is the case. The text says the one who abides in the shelter of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, the heat of that final fire that is coming, God has given us a foretaste of what will happen the second coming. As lightning shines from the east, even to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. The global event that will hit this planet that we will encounter in our lifetime will far outstrip what we observe there. Friend, Jesus is coming in all of his glory. And when Christ returns, he'll be coming for men and women who have no place left on earth, but they have found security in the shelter of the Most High. The heat of that final fire will not consume the person who stands in the shadow of the Almighty. God will face the full force of the storm as you stand in the shadow. It's not just any shadow in the shelter of the Most High. It's not just a shadow. It is the shadow of the Almighty. And when you stand in God's shadow, you discover that God's shelter is God. God's shelter is not a house. It's not a building. God's shelter is not a preacher. It's not a church. God's shelter is God. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I am the temple. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will build it up. The body of Christ is nothing but the extension of Christ, the living temple, the principle of life for us all. And friend, and Jesus, God is with us. He's not far. He's with us. Psalms 91.2, you will say to the Lord, my refuge And my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Let's just repeat those words together. My refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. God has provided the church as a place where men and women can learn in a safe kind of place to put their trust in God. When the work of God is done in your life, God will be your shelter at the end of life. God will be your refuge in life and God will be your fortress for the future. A shelter from the storm of life. A refuge from the flight of life. 
a fortress for the fight of life. Yes, life is a struggle, and we must have God as our refuge in the struggle of life. Moses in the previous psalm spoke the same truth about God as we find here. It is the truth of God as our sanctuary. Psalms 90 verse 1, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. It's no accident that the very first letter in the Hebrew Bible is the letter bait. It is a letter which has the meaning of house, The Bible starts with home. It starts with a house. It starts with a dwelling place. It starts with the expression, in the beginning, God. But the word in is a letter that means house and home. It starts with God as our dwelling place. Before there was a world that could become our world, God was the reason the world became what it is. Before the church of Christ was established, in the heart of Christ, in the heart of God, was a plan for the church to be a home. And before the new Jerusalem comes and the end of the world, there is a future that lays before us. And God is that future. Jesus is that future. In the book of Revelation, it says there will be no temple in the new order because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Friend, when God is your shelter, God will take care of the trouble in your life. He will not leave you to fend for yourself. He will lead you, though, not to depend on any person, but to depend on him. And he will not leave you to depend upon anyone but Jesus as that shelter for the last day. Psalms 92.3, For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And from the deadly pestilence, he will cover you with his pinions. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. Simple and direct truths flow from the truth that God is a shelter and a fortress. Verse 3 says, he will deliver you. I mean, how many times is it so easy to believe that won't happen? But he will deliver you from the snare, which means you will not be trapped. From the deadly pestilence, which means you will not waste away. He will cover you with his pinions. The one who promises to cover you with his righteousness covers you with his pinions, wings of refuge, because you have made the most high your habitation. And under his wings you will find refuge. When you're running from an enemy, you're looking for a place to hide. Under his wings is the only place to hide. And the place is inside the most holy place where God himself dwells is the place where the wings of the cherubim overflow into wheels of power. And beneath them is the place right over the Ark of the Covenant's mercy seat where the law of God is found, where God resides, is the place he hides you in the shadow of the Almighty. You can't get closer to that. You can't get closer to God than that place, that holy place, the most holy place. In his shelter, it's not your faith that saves you. It is his faithfulness that saves you. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. God is your shelter. There's a fear that overcomes fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and attitudes change and fear surrenders to faith and obedience. You may have knocking knees. I have knocking knees every now and then. Sometimes I get afraid. Have you ever been afraid? I've been afraid. You may have knocking knees, but your fear can surrender to his faithfulness. Psalms 92.5, you will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, 
nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Day and night he will hide you in his shelter, not just during the night, but during the day. That means 24 hours per day protection he'll offer you, nothing less. This verse is the basis of Revelation 7.15. Therefore are they before the throne of God. They serve him day and night within his temple. And the one who sits upon the throne will shelter them with his presence. Friend, God's presence is God's protection. I don't want to go anywhere in life without it. I don't want to take one step by making a future for myself that God is not in. I want to hear the voice of God, follow it, be subject to his will. And in his presence, there is protection. God told Moses the same truth at Mount Sinai, Exodus 33, 14 to 15. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if thy presence will not go with me, do not carry us up from here. Moses knew that God's presence is God's protection. Not one step forward unless it's God's leading. The psalm defines the kind of protection every person needs in life in Psalms 91.7. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You only see with your eyes and look upon the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your habitation. No evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. No scourge will come near your tent because God is the tent. God is the shelter. God is the protection. And God did not call you into his presence to curse your future with an uncertain outcome. Psalms 16, verse 11, Thou dost show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. God has not called his people to just live. He's not called his people to just serve him. He has called his people to live well to enjoy every minute of their life, to have a life that matters in the church, to focus on people in their lives that need the Lord. He has called you to love, to have joy and peace, to be faithful to the truth that God has given you. And the only place you can find it is under his shelter because he is the God of peace. I mean, on a Saturday morning, if you want to be somewhere other than church, you're in the wrong place because it is right here in this holy place that God's people gather, that a difference is made in the spheres of life that we have for others. The person who lives in God's house and has God as their shelter will be safe for the final storm. No human being, nothing will take the place of God's protection in their life. Psalms 91.11, For he will give his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion, the serpent, you will trample underfoot. Friend, God has not called the Christian to fail. God has not called his church to depend on men, but to depend on the arm of God. Two kinds of protection are offered for the Christian in these verses. The first protection is the protection from personal stumbling. Sometimes we think that unless someone's taking care of us, that we won't make it. Unless someone is the overseer of our life that somehow will stumble. Look what it says. It says, The weakness within will not overcome you if you make God your habitation. Angels' hands will pick you up and set your feet on the right path without falling away from God. Second protection is the protection from external enemies. 
for 13 years, we have been doing nothing but fighting enemies here. Am I right or wrong? From the day Reaching Hearts started until recently. And those enemies were bigger than us. They were enemies that we could not overcome in our own strength. I remember when this church first started, we worshiped in a tent out there, didn't we? We didn't have a place. We worshiped in a tent. And I remember, sorry, we lost our lease. New pastor came, didn't have a place to go. I remember asking the Lord, we have one week to find a place. And where do we go? My wife, I drove 25 miles this way, 25 miles that way. There was no place. My wife said to me, honey, have you looked at that nice church they're building? Why don't you try the good place that's nearest to the house? So I went there and I walked right into the store and we signed a lease that week and we had to worship in a tent for a good hunk of the time until it opened up here. How many of you were here in that tent when we actually worshiped there? A number of you were. It was something. We didn't have a place, but we had a home because God is our dwelling place. It's the relationships that create a church that are centered in Jesus. It's not anything else. And we've seen pretty powerful people in the church try to destroy this church early on. God took them out of service. He removed them. And he protected this congregation. And in time, our church became accepted in this area. Some of you don't know about those battles because you're new. A lot of you don't know what others have gone through here. But this journey has never been about a man. It's been about the work of God in this world. Little Reaching Hearts Church planted churches around the world. Little Reaching Hearts Church spoke to the nation on the airways. And Little Reaching Hearts Church changed the course of American history by standing up against the largest giants in the secular state to move forward and build a church. When the Little League players stood up against the New York Yankees, which was Prince George's County, and changed the course of American history, that has happened here because of this church family's commitment to Jesus Christ. And you know what? There's something special about this place right here. God is not finished with our church under any circumstances. He's not. God has not called the Christian to fail. He's not called our church to fail. He's not called his church to depend on anyone but him. The weakness within will not overcome you if you make God your habitation. The lion and the snake will not devour you or sting you, which means, secondly, the protection from external enemies will be guaranteed us. You will crush them under your feet. Many people don't know we came two months to going under financially. When we had fought this legal battle, I remember just looking at myself and saying, you know, we're in meltdown mode. We have no resources left. We're at the end of the game. If the Lord doesn't infuse something into us, we're finished. That was in 2010. The check for $3.8 million came to this church a week and a half after that. And within hours, 
of struggling with God, we learned that they were giving up at the county and they were giving us back our resources. I mean, this doesn't happen by chance. We're not here put into the frame of things because we're smart enough to figure out our own future. I would rather be in God's path, being led by God, surrendering to God, than telling God what he has to do. That we would not have made it to where we are, and this church will not make it to where it's going, unless its faith is in God to trust the Lord to lead and to guide when he speaks to us. And I just know that to be the case. If you love God, God will not stop loving you, and God will not leave you. He will not fail you till the end of time. Psalms 91.14, because he cleaves to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, amen. A very powerful message there from Pastor Michael Oxentango entitled Wings of Refuge. You can listen to this entire broadcast again without interruption at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com on the Internet. We appreciate you listening. Remember that you can always call us at any time with the following phone number, 877-788-5371. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. Thank you so much for your contribution. The address here is Reaching Hearts International, 15300 Spencerville Court, Suite 201, Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. That's Reaching Hearts International, 15300 Spencerville Court, Suite 201, Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area, make sure you do stop by the worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. You can find driving directions and more information at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening. And as always, we want you to know that we pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.